In this episode of Serious About Tech, I talk with Jim Collison about teenagers and technology. Welcome to episode two of Serious About Tech. Just a few things I want to tell you about before we get into the interview I had with Jim Collison. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel. You can find it by going to seriousabouttech.com and looking for the YouTube icon on the bottom of the page. The YouTube channel is where I put a lot of the reviews I do and other stuff like that. That way we wouldn't do audio in the podcast. And now for the interview, which was recorded on May the 16th of 2017. Okay, this is Zachary Webb, and today with me is Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Good evening, Zach. How are you? Do you go by Zach or Zachary? Either one works. Make sure I'm calling you the right thing. Hey, Zachary. Okay. Um... See, I don't really need a sponsor's message in here. I can I can always add that in later, which the sponsor is actually just basically me because I, I am a web developer. So cool. Nice. I, that's the yeah, – but that's one reason I want to have this conversation about teenagers using technology small business. So – do you think teenagers should be using technology in more than just a consumption? Yeah, yeah. So let's throw some numbers at this because this is a serious problem. So, you know, teenagers are the workforce of the future, right? So when we look at you guys, we look at you more than just, uh, you know, game playing, Xbox loving, PlayStation consuming, whatever on the phone, right? You guys are the workforce of the future. In 2020, the U.S. Department of Labor is um, estimating that 1.4 million tech jobs. So, and we we know in the sector that out of all the STEM career fields, right? STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. Out of that, 74% of those jobs are software development jobs, right? So 1.4, then think 74% of that is going to be in the workforce or available in the year 2020. We know that of all the students who are graduating from universities with computer science degrees or computer-related degrees, only fill 300,000 of those 1.4 million jobs. So, Zachary, we need teenagers today of starting to code. We need you in technology. We need you writing websites. We need you hacking on stuff, white hat, white hat hacking, I'll say. We need you hacking on stuff. We need you working. And we need more students to get into com- computer science-related fields. We just don't have enough workers. So when, when I coming at it from my perspective, uh, I work for Gallup. Um, and in the city of Omaha, we represent 2,000 of those jobs. This year, 2,000 open computer science or computer-related jobs will be open in the city of Omaha. We fill those with folks from India and China today. But certainly... We have a high school program. We're going to talk about this here in a second, but we're trying to meet that need by getting high schoolers coding earlier. So, yes, students should be coding as early as they possibly can. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I, I got, got started. Yeah, I'm getting feedback here. Okay. Um, yeah, I got started doing this web development stuff when I was 11 or 12. And yeah, I would like other teenagers to do stuff like this because it is important for them to be using technology. Now, what kind of technologies do you think they should use and or experiment and make stuff with? Yeah. So today, in today's environment, you know, when we think about enterprise software development, uh, those really boil down to C Sharp, which is Java's, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, which is Microsoft's object-oriented language in Java, right? Those are the two most popular. Um, we also know, you know from your web development, you really need HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, right? Some, you need to have some basic understanding of those three areas of development. There's also areas when we think about, um, you know, we think about scripting languages, Python has become a very popular language for folks working in the enterprise, doing certain things with data. Um, and so th those languages plus, you know, so like Unity uses some C Sharp, right? Unity is a is a, a gaming language, right? A lot of games are written in the Unity uh, framework. And that's really kind of a C Sharp derivative, so to speak. And so what we, you know, what we really need are students experimenting with the different languages that are out there, finding something that works for them. If I were to say to you, Zachary, hey, you know, if I were to try and guarantee you a job in the next four or five years, most of the jobs today that are open today and that are projected to be open in the next three to four years are C-sharp related jobs. I mean, Microsoft has made a big, has made big inroads with their virtual studio. And now, that being said, there's also huge movement moving in the mobile space, right? And so apps development and working on iOS with Swift or Java for Android or any of those Java derivatives too for Android are super popular. So those would be really four or five different areas if I were to encourage teenagers to really work on, uh, on languages. Those are kind of the areas today I would start with. Now, the, the industry is going to change. So you can't just start and then kind of stop looking. You have to always kind of be constantly seeing what's going on. Um, so it's really, really important you keep your eyes open, keep your ear to the ground, and kind of understand what's happening in the industry. Yeah. Um, but more along the lines of with businesses, do you think teenagers can use technology for some kind of business with a web development or app development? Yeah. I mean, uh, running a business and software development are really two different things when we think about it. Mm -hmm. Some businesses don't need that much technology, to be honest with you. Um, but today's a lot of, you know, a lot of today's small businesses, a lot of things that are coming out of Silicon Valley or the Silicon Prairie, or it's coming off the East Coast or down in Austin. Um, yeah, I mean, those things, that's web-related technology. And so it, it, can, a, can a teenager, so to speak, a high schooler start his own job? Sure, could do that. It's difficult. It's hard. You know, it's, it's not easy. I mean, it's up. It's an uphill battle. Certainly, it's more than just developing today. You've got to run, actually run the business, right? Which means you've got to charge for things. You have to be able to pay the bills. You have to be able to run and manage people. So it's much more complicated than that. Could somebody? Sure, it's very possible. Um, it's a lot of work. And uh, you know, if you're going to go into that, you got to go in eyes wide open. 
Mm-hmm. Teenagers prepare for a career in technology. Yeah, this is an area where I'm actually really biased because we have our own internship program. And my goal at Gallup is to bring high school students in. We train them in JavaScript. So that's kind of our gateway software development language, so to speak. Um, a lot of students have had some experience with the web, and so they kind of get HTML and CSS. We don't require them having any of it. We're going to teach a lot of it to them. But um, they can come in. Our program uh, runs full year, so our students apply in the spring. Starts in the fall. They join us for six Saturdays in the fall, six Saturdays in the spring. We give them a winter project to work on as a team. Then they compete uh, for about 20 spots that we have during the summer. We can take 40, 50 kids uh, to come in, high school students that, that can come in and start working with us. We can take that many. We can't pay that many in the summer, and so we limit that to 15 or 20. But I'm trying to encourage other organizations, other businesses to kind of catch the wave on this idea of bringing in and training your own high schoolers. They graduate into our college program, and then we help them out with tuition, or we give them a job while they're in school. Many of them, that's, that's great money. Um, and so we have this year, I have some four-year interns that were seniors in high school for me four years ago. They're back for the summer. Uh, and so it's a great way to hold on to people, and it's a great way to work with teenagers. So my recommendation, if you can find an organization that is doing it, is to, to beg them to, to do an internship. Like, let them come in and do some, uh, do an internship with you. That's, that's not easy for a lot of organizations to do. If they can't do that, then I encourage them, there are plenty of open source, there are plenty of projects, there are plenty of things one can do on the web with some, and you know this, right? You do this yourself. You know you can create your own site. You know you can gather your own community. You know you can create something. You don't have to wait for it. You can do it yourself. So I encourage uh, you know, I encourage my, um, the, the high schoolers in our program get involved in some other programs as well. Omaha, where I'm based out of, is a very progressive city when we think about opportunities for high schoolers. So tomorrow night, um, I have the 20 high schoolers coming into onto campus for their orientation. They're going to start in two and a half weeks. Many of them have, have said to me, hey, can I come in a little early or a little late tomorrow because I have this awards program, this technology awards program, and we won. And so we have competitions around the city for high schoolers on various technical solutions or, or, or problems or things they can be working on. We have Code Crush. We have, a, we have a high school innovation program at the local university where schools compete against schools for the best projects and they can win scholarship money for this. And so, you know, I would encourage a teenager, a teen a high schooler to look around their current city and see if there are code camps or code clubs or things they can get involved in or teams, uh, tech teams they can get involved in their local schools. If not, ask for it. Go to your principal, go to your high ability learning uh, resource teacher, go to any of those special programs, maybe your math teacher, see if you can get one started. But we're fortunate in Omaha, we've got some really great programs here that the community puts on for technology. You got to kind of look for those and see if they're available in your community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm homeschooled, so I just have learned here. I but it would be great to see a community of people like me in the the county or around this area because it is nice when there's multiple people who know each other that they can be have more competition and with competition they can 
build better stuff for just um, building their own stuff and then branching out to businesses and other things like that. Yeah, no, you know, and you, Zachary, you are in a situation where with your podcast, with your influence, with some of the things that you're doing, you could be the one to actually get something like that started. And some of my very best students that I have right now are homeschool students. The, we've, we've caught them in college. Um, and and uh, they, in fact, one of my homeschool students from last year is now interning for Google this year, which is a big deal in Sunnyvale, right? In, it, in the Bay Area, it's a big deal. And so you've got an opportunity just because you're a homeschooler doesn't mean you can't start collecting. I'm sure you have a homeschool collective that you go to or that you're a part of or that you do shared services with. Sometimes it's around sports. Sometimes it's just around the extracurricular activities of school. But I'm sure you've got no, you know, some of their homeschool students. That's something you actually could start or you could actually influence one of the local schools because I know in many states, the local schools have an obligation to keep some things open for homeschoolers. And so there may be an opportunity for you to start a club at a school and attract both homeschool students as well as um, as well as the students that go to that school. And you could you could start a coding club, right? You may be able to grab grab a handful of individuals. By the way, don't target just the boys. Make sure the girls are involved in this as well. We need women in technology doing these things. Just as many, you know, the average, the national average, seven percent in in universities of women in STEM in these STEM related fields. It's just it's ridiculous. So we need to start changing that equation at the high school level. Zachary, you could have some influence of giving these ladies the opportunity to get exposed to this this technology and and really um, and maybe change their path, their career path. And so let me encourage you to uh, to think about getting your own coding club started. And how can teenagers balance their technology projects and that kind of stuff with their school and chores and just the rest of their life. Cause I've had some trouble with this for the past like three years that I've liked technology and stuff. And sometimes I would just be on to be on the computer too much and not do other stuff. And just that balance in between all of these things. Yeah, balance is tough, especially when you've found something you really love. This is the hard part, right? Now, if you have found technology and you're writing code, what you really love is really important. And so I'm not actually necessarily a big advocate at balance at that point. I'm kind of like, when you found that thing you really love and that thing is leading to a career field that's really needed, um, my advice would be sacrifice. There are some things you don't, in, that you're currently doing you don't really need to do. Now, there's chores, there's stuff you got to do at home, you got to bathe, those kinds of things. That's mandatory, right? You got to do those things. Make sure you're doing those things. But there may be some other things just aren't, aren't really that important. Now, everybody's life is different. So you have to really evaluate your own, you know, kind of your own schedule and figure out what you're doing there. But I bet in everybody's schedule, there is some goof around time or there's some time doing some things that may be questionable from a, hey, is this really going to advance or help me in what I'm doing? And I think you can spend that extra time, um, you know, doing the technology. Now, you're a smart guy. 
come up with a technology that helps you balance that if that's what you need to do. One of our high school students came up with his own homework schedule and it, he called it organizer. And it was a way for him to help him organize his schedule around what he's doing and prioritize that. He built that as a web app. And, uh, and so maybe you uniquely, you've got an app in you that would help students kind of do those things. Cause you still have to do all that stuff. Your parents would kill me if they heard me say, Oh, just ignore your chores. You can't do that, right? You, you live at home. You got to do those kinds of things. But, but figure out, use some technology to, to make other things go faster so you have time to code. That's really important. That stuff is important. It does lead to a career. And, and oftentimes, I, hear, I, I see students that, like I want students that are super smart and I want them in our coding program. And things, extracurricular activities that may or may not lead to a, a lucrative career. I think of you know, a lot of my kids are in band or show choir. And again, I'm not against those things, but the really, really smart ones have a really good career in technology. And the technology jobs today are so plentiful that they could start working right away when they're out. I can't say the same thing on the music side, right? And so if I'm a parent and I'm kind of weighing that and I get it, show choir and band are important, but it's really important that you learn to code. So I, you know, I, that's a hard thing for some folks to hear. They're just like, uh, but I want my children to be well-rounded. No, if they're good at technology, really let them do technology because they'll be great at it and they'll get a great job. And do you think that those people or teenagers that like technology should consider extracurricular, um, extra um, schooling for that or secondary education and college or just other other like stuff like Microsoft Virtual Academy? Yeah, you've kind of asked the $64 million question. And this is a really hard one. This one gets really, really complicated because um, there are some jobs when we think about uh, some career fields that do require a four-year bachelor's degree to be a part of. You just have to have it. Right or wrong, you have to have it. And so if you want to work those jobs, it's just important that you get through college and get that degree. I do see a lot of students trying to do too much in school. So they get in school and they double major and add a master's program. And I'm not necessarily sure that you really need all that education from a technology standpoint. Schools today struggle, universities really struggle to get the relevant computer programming skills. They're restricted by accreditation and they, they move very, very slow and they, they, they can't offer because of what they're offering. They can't offer really concentrations in software development. And so these students who've taken years of education, some of them are coming, are coming out of school with not that much more code than they came in with. Right. And so they got this great computer science degree and they double majored in math. And then, you know, and they might even got a master's program at MIS, but they have, they still aren't adequate code writers. Right, not all of them. I'm just saying some of them. We we see some of this. I see this coming through the the workforce, and so you know um, there are some there are some jobs that will hire high schoolers or will hire students without a degree or students who've gone through a code camp. Like we have two of them here, Omaha Code School and Interface Web School. We have two of those in Omaha. There are organizations that can do that. Now, we are a sponsoring organization, which means we sponsor. Uh, workers from India and China to, f to fill in the gaps where we can't find. Because we do that, it, it forces us to require a master, I'm sorry, a, a grad, you know, a bachelor's degree. 
So it kind of handcuffs us a little bit. So we really work with our students to make sure they get that, that, um, that bachelor's degree. But it's a, it's a really important question. The, the other side of this, Zachary, is that school is getting more and more expensive. Like we have this college bubble going on right now, right? Where the average school is costing $30,000 a year. Now, some students are fortunate because they get scholarships to do it, but not everyone does. And so you're, you're coming out of school. Say, say you pay the average of about 20 a year, right? 20, 40, 60, 80. You're coming out with 80 grand in student debt, right? That payment is almost $1,000. Now, I don't know if you have a good grasp on budget, but a $1,000 payment here in the state of Nebraska gets you a house in a lot of, in a lot of cases, right? That's a big payment, my friend. And so it's, it's to, to think about you, you graduating from a university and you take an $80,000 a year software development job. You take it in the state of California, that's not enough, by the way. But if you, you, you're saddling yourself with a $1,000 payment. So we're in this dilemma. Send our kids to school. Have them come out with these huge loan payments. If your payment, if your parents weren't fortunate and saved for it for you, or you weren't smart enough and got a scholarship, you're going to come out and be saddled with a five hundred to a thousand dollar loan payment, or you just go right to work. If you can find a place that will take you without a degree, it's a really big question. I mean, you have asked. This is a this is a really important question. It's it's it, the people are debating it right now. There's no easy answer, but lawmakers and school administrative and and college chancellors are debating this right now. And it's a serious issue. It's causing a lot of work shortage, to be honest. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it seems that more people could be doing this, but most of, it seems like a lot of teenagers aren't interested in how the technology works. They only want it to work for them. They want to do their stuff with it, play their games or do whatever they want to do with it and not for it. Or, yeah, like they're just not interested in that kind of stuff. Um, well, I, I think, Zachary, it's, it's not that they're not interested, but they haven't been shown what it can really do, right? That they don't, mm -hmm. um, they can't be, they haven't been exposed to it in a way that's really significant. Here in the city of Omaha, we have, an, we have one, a professor at, our University of Nebraska at Omaha. And he's actually created this Lego um, the, uh, program. It's really, a, you can come and learn math and programming and algorithms. It's all based on the Lego Open API. So it's really cool. You can create patterns, you can you know, submit plans. It's, it's really, really cool. But it, get, it gets kids thinking about what could be done with the math, right? What could be done with the algorithms? What could you create if you were going to look at this seriously, I don't think enough students are getting introduced to this what could be soon enough. They just see it like, oh, no, I'd never be able to do that. And they're not given the opportunity to really lock in uh, from a code perspective. And so we, we here in the city of Omaha have actually started a collective called the Omaha STEM Ecosystem. And its goal is to give more students an opportunity to get access to this, right? And Let's be honest. I'm going to just be honest with you here for a second. We don't need more science from a biology. We got plenty of those. We don't need more astronauts. We got plenty of those. We need software developers. We need people who can write code. And so we need to give these students an opportunity to get on a computer and write some code, whether it be JavaScript or Python or R or C, you know, C Sharp or C or C++ or any of those tools that help us do what we do on computers. We got to get them 
developing sooner. So we, we, we got our workout cut out for us. Is there any specific places do you think that are good for them to learn how to do this stuff? Um, there's like some of the ones that I would use is Khan Academy and Microsoft Virtual Academy and MSDN's Channel 9. Yeah, no, you've, you've hit the sweet spot. YouTube is the other one. There are plenty of YouTube videos that you can go out and learn these things. Um, much of it is free. You could, if you wanted to purchase a subscription, there are some tech plural site or lynda.com or IT Tech Pros, I think is, is another site. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of those where you could pay a, a fee to get, to get educated as well. Those are all very helpful but plenty of other free resources. And you really, you name the ones I would name. Those are some ones to get you, you know, that, that can get you started. And then how do you think parents can help, help their children? How can, how can parents encourage their children to do this stuff or get them interested in it? Yeah, well, if they're not interested, this is the hard part. It's like getting your kid interested in soccer. What, what, did this, what did the parent do, right? They signed them up and they took them to soccer practice, right? We have thousands of kids every year who play soccer. Most of them hate it. But because parents signed them up and you're going to be a part of this, baseball is the same way and basketball. We got all these kids in sports. By the way, the chances of you being a professional athlete are you you're, you have better odds of being struck by lightning than you do being a professional athlete. So again, it's a situation where parents need to dig in in their community and figure out what's available. Give me let me give you an example. Here in Omaha, we have this building called the Do Space, D O Do Space, and it's a it was a kind of a joint venture between some companies and the university and a, a, the community college, and that kids can come. Students can come, adults can come, let me tell you. And they offer all kinds of opportunities, whether it's programming, they have weekend programming classes, or they have 3D printers. They have all kinds of different technologies that students can get involved in. If I wanted my student to do something like that, I would sign them up for those classes and then I would take them. And I would encourage them, hey, let's try this out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay for this thing for you. Um, I'm, I'm just, in fact, it's probably cheaper than soccer or cheaper than basketball. And so parents can easily just start looking in the community and things that are available. And every community runs a little bit different, but, but the, you'll ha and you might have to dig a little bit to find it. And if it's not happening, start one, get some things going, meet with some local businesses, figure out how to get this done. But they're going to have to be, Zachary, they're going to have to be intentional about it. They're going to have to, they're going to have to really look or find and then drive their kids to these programs and uh, they're gonna have to commit to it like they commit to sports. Yeah. Um, I definitely could do something like that. The, then, then the challenge is finding those people that like that stuff and then like building an online community using some kind of um, using some kind of uh, chat service or um, I'm trying to think of one of those communities where you can have like collaborative code 
editing and stuff like that. Yeah, well, there's there's tons of open repositories. You can even, I think, at GitHub, you can create an open source community. Uh, we we've used um, stuff like that to, I think, Hudoku. No, um, there's another service. I can't remember the name of it, but they are another open source hosting. You can come and put basic web apps on it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's easy to gather the community. Like you got to do a little work, but you might in your community, you might be the pioneer that gets things going, right? You might be the, the, the student who figures out how to get things done. I'll be honest with you, reach out in your community, reach out to the local community college. Oftentimes community colleges are in the sweet spot. I don't know if you have a, if you have a local community college near you, is one available for you that's close by? No, we're in a pretty small town and there's not any, um, like the closest, we don't have any community colleges except for over the line into Ohio. There's one or two, but there's not any close. Nothing close by here. So you, you would have to really focus on the virtual environment. So yeah, you would start creating a virtual, um, you know, kind of a, a, a virtual community, so to speak, where you start sharing these code projects. One of, we, one of the things we do with our high school program uh, when they join us in the fall is we each have them pitch a project, right? So we say, hey, if you were going to create some kind of web app or some kind of mobile app that was going to solve a problem, what would you do? And we get, you know, we, we had someone come up with a chess ranker, right? That could rest, that could, that could rank a chess team. We had ones that came up called Volunteer Simple. It was a volunteer app where it, it attached volunteers a organization that's needed volunteers to organ to people who wanted to volunteer, right? There are plenty of problems that businesses, even in small towns, need to solve. And you could, uh, you could approach a business and say, hey, if you had someone who wrote code for you to solve a problem, what would you need solved? And then you could put a team, a virtual team together and see what comes out of it. You might fail, you might succeed, right? Um, you know, sometimes they, they're not able to pay. It's great experience and it's great to put on your resume when you put something in a small business and it's actually working. We had one of our students whose parents have an HVAC, right? So they, they put in heating and cooling systems and they had no way to track the annual maintenance, right? The, one of the biggest areas for HVAC companies to make money is on those annual, they come out and do it twice a year. It's not annual, but it's twice a year check of the furnace and the air conditioner. And here we have air conditioners in Nebraska because it gets pretty hot in the summer. Well, they didn't have any system to do it. So the student built the system to track all that maintenance, including notifications and some of those things. The student built that for his parents. I thought that was pretty cool, right? There's plenty of problems out there. I just We just need some students to be willing to give it a try. You never know until you ask. Mm-hmm. So what other kind of technologies can teenagers be using other than other than web and app development? Um, what other kinds of things can they be making other than those? Yeah, well, certainly um, we are moving into an age of robots. Uh, and, you know, when we think about autonomous devices, whether that be autonomous robot that looks like a human or doesn't look like a human, I've seen a bunch of different robots. The, so those, that's hardware, right? By the way, still run with software, right? It takes amazing software to run these, these bots, these Android devices that we're starting to see. The world has exploded in, in with, with drones, 
right? With the idea of these, right? I mean, it has just gone gangbusters. Building, programming, working with those. By the way, many of those are written in C, right? It's just C, the C language. And so someone who has a good, a good handle on C, the Garmin watch, you know, I've got a, I have, I think I took it off. I have a Garmin um, 220. Oh, here's my, here's my Microsoft band, right? Um, this was written. Now, Microsoft has discontinued these, but this is code, right? It's a watch, but it's code. And so that becomes important. So robots, drones, when we think about, um, you know, we think about those, those kinds of things coming up and infrastructure, right? Infrastructure is consolidating with, you know, Microsoft Azure, with, uh, with Amazon's Amazon Web Services. Those companies are still looking for people to help them with their physical hardware. Um, an area a lot of students don't think about is someone's got to fix these autonomous cars that are coming out, right? Uh, pretty quickly, I think within the next two years, we're gonna see autonomous trucks on the road, right? Long haul trucks that are completely controlled remotely. Someone's gonna have to understand that technology and be able to fix it. So those are other areas too, um, when I think about you know, the area of hardware um, you know, and students can easily start with a Raspberry Pi, right? So you can buy a $35 Raspberry Pi and then add on components to it, right? So there, that's an area. An area a lot of students don't think about is home automation, right? My lights in my studio are controlled by an Amazon device. And I tell the device, hey, turn on my studio lights and it just turns on, right? And so there's, there's going to be jobs in area of digital assistance. I think that's what we're calling these things these days. And then we're talking to things more and more, Cortana or, or a Siri or Google Now. There's going to be areas of, of, of building and maintaining those kinds of devices. It's a big world out there. And so um, when we think about those different kinds of technologies, those are some things where students, those, you know, an autonomous car didn't exist 10 years ago. That, nobody fixed them because they didn't exist, right? Um, we're talking about building and sending things to other planets that, that, People need to build, need to build. JPL builds those. People are going to need to get involved in those. So plenty of other opportunities when we think just beyond the software development. Yeah, yeah. there's they're definitely they're different, different things, things that, that I could do. Um, and other people. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about like a raspberry pi or making stuff like that um because stuff like that has low barrier to entry people can start those things very easily start learning um python or stuff like that and seeing how it works and even add on different hardware things and make their software work with it make their own home automation tools and all that kind of stuff that will be helpful to them when they do get into a career with with those things yeah no right on there's there's plenty of opportunities in in all that space for for students to start thinking about you know what could i do and let me give you this advice like many students get stuck on this idea well i've got to figure out what i want to do right now because it's going to affect the rest of my life totally not true so Go with what you're interested in right now. That's going to change over time. I've had four different careers, right? I'm almost 50. 
I've had four different careers in, in, I spent some time in the military. I worked for a bank. I did some project management and now I work for Gallup. Really had four very different careers. And what I'm doing at Gallup, I didn't start doing, right? I'm, I, I run an internship program around technology and I do all our webcasting. I'm a podcaster, right? Just like you. And so um, do something. I always tell students, do what's interesting right now to you. Like find something you love, do it a lot. Get good at it. If you start doing it and you don't like it, move on to the next thing. Right? Start the next thing and then do that until you get sick of it. Eventually, you'll find that thing you love, but you're not going to find the thing you love before you do it. You have to do it to find the thing you love. And so continue to look for opportunities and to do a variety of things. This is where internships are important. Like you're in school, you need a job. Look for internships. Now, you're in a small town, that may be more difficult, but for students that are in a larger community, there may be internships they can get involved in. Take it, get an experience with a company, even if it's not exactly what you want. You may make some contacts with some people there, or you may do some things that start helping you line up. And I, I'm only in tech because I worked banking. Like if I hadn't worked banking, I might not have gone into the tech field because I had an experience at the bank that led, led me into technology. So but you got to start somewhere and you got to do something. And a lot of students just get stuck. And I just say, get started doing something. Okay. Yeah. That's very good advice. I think. Um, okay. Could you give a recap of give like a summary of all the stuff we just talked about a summary of how all this can apply to those teenagers that are interested in technology. Yeah, easy. So if you're interested in technology, you got to start looking around you locally first. So what's available to you? What can you do locally? If you can't find it locally, what's available virtually? What kind of groups can you get involved with? By the way, what you're doing with podcasting, there are hun literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of podcasts that are available that you can listen to anywhere. You can download and listen to anywhere on any subject, on any code language, on any, I guarantee you, there's probably 50 C-sharp podcasts where people, all they do is talk about development, right? There are tons of podcasts about robots and about autonomous cars and about technology. Get plugged in and listen to those podcasts, right? Get trained. You mentioned those, code, the, the code academies, the virtual academy, right? Some of those things that are free, get involved. If you're in a community that supports it, get involved in some community things, right? As you, as you look then, as you get involved, look for opportunities for internships, super important, or mentoring opportunities where you might do some business shadowing, even if it's not a paid job. If you can do some kind of regular business shadowing, you can kind of figure some things out based on what people are doing. Then if you're going to go to college, and, and I, I still recommend people go to college, one, go to the, the cheapest college possible. Do not get out with debt. If you can make it as cheap as you can, chances are you'll do the best. While you're in school, intern every single summer and intern during the year if you can. Just It all depends on your schedule, but if you can do that, it's really, really super important. And then when you graduate, um, you'll have all that experience. You'll have no trouble getting a job. I'm, I am not kidding. There are so many jobs out there where they're looking for qualified folks. One of those internships are probably going to offer you a job anyways. So, Follow that. I think there's some great, I mean, we are cranking out interns that are working for us all the time. And it's just great opportunity, Zach. And I think if folks are interested in doing it, the very first step is just get moving on those early first steps. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I'm so glad that you could come on and talk about these things. Audience where people can find you and your work online. Yeah, so two places. One for Gallup. If you just go, of course, go to gallup.com. If you're interested in our, in our internship program, if you go to uh, uh, gallup.com slash careers and search high school internship, you'll find those when those are available there. Th those are local internships, right? You have to live in the city of, of Omaha to make that happen. But if you are, if you're hearing this and you're in the Omaha area, or if you're a business and you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I want to start an internship program, you can contact me. Super easy. Jim underscore Collison at gallup.com. Then on the side, I have a tech podcast. So we talk about all things gadgets. It's called Home Gadget Geeks. You can find that at theaverageguy.tv. Thanks for coming on. This has been Serious About Tech, Episode 2. I am your host, Zachary Webb, encouraging you to go out and learn more about technology and be involved in that, that you can get skills for later in life thanks for listening to another episode of serious about tech give us your feedback by tweeting us at serious tech show emailing us podcast at seriousabouttech.com or use the contact form at seriousabouttech.com subscribe in apple Podcasts, google play or tune in by going to the website be sure to give us a five-star review in apple Podcasts because we really appreciate that about Tech is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more great tech podcasts at techpodcasts.com. Also a part of the WCP Network. Find it at wcpn.ml. This has been a Zachary Webb and WCP Network production. Copyright 2017 Series About Tech. The views expressed are those of each individual. Thanks for listening to Serious About Tech.